You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your hosts, Robert Gowan, Mike Pretz, Kat Kalin, Jason Dickinson, and Brian Colt. This should be a great podcast. We've got uh, John Krotek, a Green Zone hero, and we'll talk a little bit more about GreenZoneHero.com and all of this great stuff that he does and a little bit about his background. But joining me also on the show is Scott Kinder and Kat Kalin. So uh, welcome, everybody, and I'm glad uh, we got a chance to get you on, John. I know it's been a little while that we've been trying to coordinate the show, and of course we had the holidays hit us at the same time frame, but uh, welcome. Well, thanks for having me here. Happy New Year, everybody. God bless America. <laughs> Good <Amen>. stuff. <laughs> that's so, a wrap. John, John, maybe you start off telling you uh, telling everybody a little bit about yourself because, of course, you served within the military. It was the Army, and uh, was it the Reserve or Guard that you were in at that time frame? I was Army guy, regular Army. My okay. dad was a 28-year veteran. I uh, He went officer route. I went NCO, kind of drove him nuts. Uh, I kind of went bass-ackwards, uh, went to college first, got disillusioned with corporate lifestyle, Knew I wanted to serve my country, was solidified as a young man, young boy, actually, when our family would take us to all these Civil War battle sites and, uh, you know, learned a lot about America there that, you know, there was something bigger than us. And so I I enlisted, went in for the Army College Fund, spent that time there was two, three and four year enlistments, did a three year enlistment in the 4th Infantry Division at Fort Carson, loved every single minute of it, Uh, learned a lot, made a lot of good friends, uh, got out went back into the reserves and then got out. I was in a field artillery unit in army reserve and I was in a chemical unit. So what, what was your MOS then? 54 Bravo. Okay. NBC nuclear NBC guy. Oh yeah. Uh, we, the guy, we lived at mop level four the entire time. And you know, my uh, deployment was the NTC seven rotations. And all we did was wash vehicles in mop <laughs> chemical. That sounds absolutely terrible. I could not. Yeah. Did you like do your PT, like your PT tests in the mop gear also? Cat, we lived in it. Oh, I so, can't. Yeah, we had crazy first sergeants. And uh, actually, we would do PT and at mop level four. Of course, that stuff would never protect you in a real attack. Uh, I don't care what they say. You know, I don't know if this is political. Wait, wait, correct, wait. We can't we can't say that on the uh, the podcast. <laughs> but there's no, those, those, I'm telling you, they hit us with a blood agent. We're in trouble. Oh, man. You know, I always wondered Did about those. No, no, yeah, you can say whatever you want. We had a. Uh, no, no, we, I want the Russians listening. In. No, there's a platoon sergeant right now going. Damn it! <laughs> I got to call him. <laughs> <a> meeting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember those days where I was over uh, serving in the the border back when there was a border in Germany and stuff, and they had the chemical suits and the um, the bags and stuff, and of course we you couldn't break the seal because of course you had to worry about the charcoal and the whole bit, and we still always wondered about that. We were like, you know, if, if that suit really if it's all about breaking the seal and getting into it and it's that critical, is that thing really going to last any amount of time? I have no comment. <laughs> but look, look, look here in my office, you know. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. That was me as a young NCO. So I get out. I have four, four AAMs, two RCOMs, and an MSN, MSM with three years of active duty. I did not eat cheese. I did my job. I loved my job and uh, appreciated every minute. I had the, great, the best leaders in the world from the battalion commander on down. Every time they needed something done, they came to me. And even when I was a corporal, they were, they, I got shit done. You know, yeah. that's what we did. Uh, and of course, I was a little bit older, which helped a great deal. You know, I was 27 when I went through basic. 
And uh, immediately I was a platoon sergeant, big mistake in basic training. And then when I got to AIT, I was the platoon sergeant there. And, and uh, you know, PLDC, distinguished graduate, because I just, I loved the Army. And uh, honestly, I, I sometimes think what would have happened had I made a career out of it? Yeah. Almost should have well but. you know it everybody we actually did a podcast not too long ago about regrets and i think everybody has some sense of regret i mean for me it was um i actually didn't go to the sergeant major academy and one of the things that i always wanted to do was be a csm and uh it, it was something that just wasn't meant to be you know and obviously there was a different purpose for you somewhere and and maybe this is a good time to segue into that because what what you know drove you to get out of the military then if that's what it your passion was Scott, it might have been Scott that said this when I first met him up in Tampa a few months ago. I said, you know, uh -oh. now I really wish I had gotten my combat patch. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been Scott. I said, no, you don't. It's all about timing. <laughs> it just wasn't my time. I was trained up, ready to go. So I ETS, and my first sergeant calls me. And he goes, it was about three months later, 90 days. And he goes, listen, I can't tell you what we're doing, but we're painting the tracks for the desert. This is for the first Gulf War. So I go down to try to re-enlist. He gives me a line, gives me a paragraph number. I'm, I'm back home in Florida painting houses, really. I could be a machine gunner. I can do all this crazy shit. So I go back to the recruiter. I try to get back in, and they go, all prior services cut off. If you're an SF guy like Scott, you can come back in. Otherwise, it's closed. And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Prior service, NBC. They're worried about Scud missiles. So I re-enlisted in the Army Reserve, and um, – of course, it's changed a lot. They were giving guys awards for, you know, driving a Jeep around town. Uh, it wasn't like active duty. But, of course, the reserves and the National Guard, they earned their stuff with all the recent stuff that we've been through. So, but it was different, you know, 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most definitely. Uh, and and that just kind of shows you the maturity <clears throat> of the you know, the, the military just through the war in the last 16 years, it's a totally different military, even from what I recall and remember. And I got out just months before it all came down. So, I mean, to me, it's a, um, it's one of those things that we all have a period for, you know, cat, it's probably the GWAD days, you know? And so it's very different than, um, the veterans of the day that are, um, now going, especially those that are going over there to train Iraqi forces and to be, you know, fighting ISIS themselves. And here, you know, in the GWAD days, it was a totally different mission and objective from even those, those periods in between. You know, what's really interesting, first of all, thank you, each and every one of you, for your service. Um, yeah, back at you. As, as people like you, thank you, that they give me goosebumps. And that's not creepy or anything like that. It's just that. You're real Americans. You know, it's a volunteer armed forces. And, you know, we're a very select crew here, and especially if you're an SF guy or lady. We're the, we're, we're, the, we're the blood and guts of this country, and we still have a mission to do, even though we're out. Um, but I just, you know, I read all the history books. I went to all the Civil War battle sites, um, had some of the best mentors and leaders in the world the short time that I was in active duty. And uh, I wouldn't trade it. I, you know that you know we talk about regrets. I really have no regrets. I, I I I miss I miss my brothers in arms. And when I'm around guys like Scott or talking to you, Robert, or you, Cat, it's a family. Yeah. You know, we all have different stories to tell. Yeah, but I, 
but I, but I'll tell I you this, brother. Ladies, what, I love you. What guys. you're doing now, man. When when I first talked to you, and then we met in Tampa, and and you know, so all cards on the table. Green Zone Heroes and the Institute of Project Management are, are partners. So so John and I have a a corporate relationship as well as a personal relationship because I absolutely love what you're doing, man. And and having if you would have spent 38, 40 years in the military, you wouldn't have the same reach to veterans and the ability to help veterans that you do now. And, and I know you're kind of in the, the beginning-ish stages of that. You're not, you know, in, in the startup phase, but um, just I'm totally in love with what you're doing, man. And, and I, I feel like I'm on top of the hill screaming Green Zone Hero, you know, all every chance I can because I think it's, you know, Robert and Kat have heard me say a hundred times, we're doing a abysmal job transitioning military veterans into the civilian marketplace. And, and that's definitely something that, that I care deeply and am passionate about. And and when I sat down with you in the Brick House Tavern, man, I walked away from that meeting and I told the co-founders institute, I said, I now know what it feels like when people look at me and go, man, talking to Scott is intense because talking to John, <laughs> you matched my intensity and like brought it then. Well, some, that man. says so a lot was, right there. Wow. If you can stand up. Awesome, to- <laughs> it was so cool and then just just watching what you're doing and dealing with you for the months after that man like so so when i said like you know everything happens for a reason you're in a perfect position now man to help veterans on and look at what you're doing with scott johnson as well right on a global scale you're taking this thing internationally and it's it's awesome well you can even kind of tell like john i have i've only met you for the last 10 minutes and i can even see like just how you talked about your experience in the military, how deeply you care about the military. And like, you know, you say, I have no regrets because the time that I had, I valued so much. But especially being a GWAT soldier, like Robert said, I mean, we're going into an era that is completely foreign, especially for guys and gals that have gotten out like I have. Like I only did 10 years and I got out and I regret it because I know that the future soldiers that are coming in need our era to teach them how to be proper soldiers and we got the best experience like our guys are, like my era is so I, i'm not like like gonna thump my chest but our era is so good because we had leaders like yourselves there and we had people like yourselves to like to look up to and teach us how to be proper soldiers i mean and like i said i only met you for like we talked for like 10 minutes and you say that we give you goosebumps like i'm on the verge of tears because i just think that like we need more passionate people like yourselves. And I like I briefly went over Green Zone Hero and I'm really excited for you to talk about it. I mean, Scott is like jumping out of his skin right now, you know, just we're I'm ecstatic love, for I this conversation. Thank you for that. You know, you, just thank you for that. I'm having, I, a, I'm having a hot I, flash I, right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> what is that? TMI? Uh, all good. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm not menopausal. It's about America. It's It's okay to be American. And I know that when Scott and I launched a strategic partnership, I was getting private messages behind the scenes. Well, why are you dealing with an Australian company? I said, wait, 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 time out. The man that I'm dealing with is a U.S. Army Special Forces veteran. And if you're concerned about veterans here in the domestic level, you ought to be concerned with them at a global level. And what I like about Scott, and you talk about intensity, This is a guy you want to go to battle with because Scott sees a 50,000-foot view. And like Kat says, this is about the family and what we can do to take the skill sets that we have and make it better for those coming behind us and those that we can walk side by side. When I was 11 years old, this this is a true story, and I used to hate this shit when I was 11, 
my dad would take me to the Civil War battle sites. Now, I had two older sisters and a, and a younger brother, but he always took me. And this particular battle site was Spotsylvania in Virginia, right? So he drags me out. Him, he drives up. There's two and a half hours in the morning, and we're in Virginia, and he takes me to, the, to this place called the Mule Shoot. And we walk out there. It's foggy. It's early morning. And he gets out there, and he goes, do you know what happened here, son? And I'm like, what's an 11-year-old know about the Battle of Spotsylvania? And I said, no, Dad, what happened? He goes, right here on this site, son, the second Confederate Army fought the second U.S. Army, regular soldiers. Volunteer Army from the South fights these regular soldiers from the North, and they freaking duped it out for 20-plus hours. And I remember thinking to myself that, you know, that's kind of stupid. I'm thinking this, but if I said that to my dad, being <laughs> right. the Army guy that he was, he would have kicked my rear. But I said, Dad, why would somebody do that? I mean, he described the battle with the cannons, guys screaming and yelling, guys going into the fray, knowing they're going to freaking die. And he, he looked at me, he said, son, there are some things bigger than you, and one of them is America. And we can never forget what happened here on this hallowed ground. Now, I was 11 years old. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Here's a <laughs> lieutenant colonel telling his son. And, and But you know what? It stuck. And I became a glutton for history. We live in the greatest country in the world. And it's okay to be American. Some other people might not want us to say that. I don't care if you're in Australia Austria, Poland, Russia, wherever, if you're an American, I'm with you because we have a high standard that we've got to uphold. And some people may not believe that, but Kat, I believe it. I'm an American through and through. Any American business that cares about our veterans, active duty military and their families, I want to get them as much business as I can. I want to send so much business to Scott's company that he that him and I are high five in a year from now. Wherever we can help veterans and their families, male, female, I don't care. I'm gonna do it. That's the mission. And the thing I the thing I love about John though is it's not just words because I won't mention the brand Robert so you don't have to worry about a potential lawsuit ever. But John and I were sitting down for the first time and, and he says, and I want to I want true companies that really honestly care about and and I love this story by the way. I've been quoting you about fifty times a week, John, but I want true companies that really care and not just companies that go on TV and advertise we're going to hire 100,000 veterans and put effing orange aprons on them and make them door greeters and then wonder why they all leave in six weeks or whatever. So he's not just saying that he's doing this. There's actually a selection and an assessment of the companies that come in there. So when you get the companies like Harley and the other companies within the what 200 plus, John, that you have on your network now that are the Green Zone Hero conglomeration, it's awesome because you well, know this is a network of – yeah, God bless. You know, this is a network of companies that are truly American companies that want to hire American veterans and, and are putting their money where their mouth is and bringing it together. And, and even more so before everybody thinks that John's just some corporate megalomaniac flag waving, you know, right winger guy. He gives percentages back to all the 501c3s that he can, including my personal favorite, the Green Beret Foundation. Right. So when people sign up and do this stuff, he's given money back. It's it's. It's just it's 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 awesome is what it is. Thank you, Scott. You know, it, we just started straight out of combat radio podcast and I'm with the Heroes Media Group, Adam Bird. I'm not sure if you all know him. Uh, and we started doing these. My co-host is Chris Hager. 
whose son was blown up in from an IED uh, explosion in uh, during the surge back in 07 in Iraq. And uh, what happened was we started doing all these things, and I was inter- being introduced to Gold Star parents, and people were giving them high fives. And I'm like looking around saying, why are they high-fiving these people? They lost their son or their daughter. So I'm thinking to myself, we got to do something to change that. Let's educate people on what it really means to be a gold star. So we started the Straight Outta Combat podcast, all combat veterans. And I got to tell you, and Kat, uh, at the end of every one of them, well, I don't do it on the air. We're basically crying at the end of every one of them. Because here you have these men and women that have gone and been some of the most horrific experiences that a human being should ever go through. And they're not freaking crying about it. They're coming back. Some of them are in dark places, but they deal with it. Josh Montz, the darker, the, 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 the dark side of the soul, the beauty of the darker soul, the guy flatlined. His senior NCO was sniper killed in front of him. His femoral artery gets hit by a sniper round. He bleeds out of the battlefield, dies on the battlefield, and they bring him back. His book sold 8 million copies yesterday. Those are the people that I want to help. Those are the people that I want in my bunker because those are the people that understand sacrifice. And guess what? Americans don't hate people. That's bullshit. We're an all-volunteer army. We do what we do because we love our country. And if somebody pulls a card on us, you think we're not going to protect what we've got? Are you kidding me? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Guys like Josh Montz, Scott Kinder, Cat. And you, Robert, are the people that I will, I want to be with. I want to be defending people like y'all, and I want to defend companies that give a shit about us. And Scott's vision to take this across both ponds, we did our first podcast interview with the British double amputee, okay? Lost both of his legs in an IED in Afghanistan. That guy's story was so right on. You know what he said? I go, what's the message you want to, you want to let uh, non-veterans know about combat veterans because I want them to know that I love America. Here's a British double amputee medic who loves America. Phenomenal. Yeah. Where are these? It, and yet we're also self-insulated and self-obsessed that we can't look at the bigger picture. And we see that, you know, you walk down any street, Australia, the UK, the US, anywhere, and kids are on their phones. You know, everybody's self-absorbed. Everybody's, you know, just in their own little bubbles. And we've created this toxic environment to where we can't actually speak our minds and say the things that we want to say because hate is on. And I'm not, you know doing the political thing here, but hate is on both sides of it. Whatever Obama said, everybody trashed whatever Obama said on one side of the fence. Whatever Trump says, everybody Trump said. Everybody bashes what Trump says on this side of the fence. We've created such a hate-filled environment that we're forgetting the bigger picture of how great we actually are. So it's, it's refreshing to see and meet people that are unabashedly just saying, I'm not embarrassed at all. This is me. This is who I am. This is what I did. And that's what I love because what we've done is we've created this international society of people that we're keeping up with the Joneses. We're living beyond our means financially. We're doing all this other stuff and we're afraid to be who we are and be true to ourselves. And then there's this core cadre of 
veterans and people who serve combat or otherwise that just get that bigger picture and we need to do the best that we can to empower and support them as a transition into helping make america great again because they've done their time they've served whether it was six weeks and they got injured and they got out or if it was a 40-year career and they got out as a five-star general i don't care whatever your time is you volunteered you wore a uniform you served your country Australia, U.S., U.K., whatever, let's give back to you and let's put some energy back into it. I think that part of our challenge, though, is that we've got a, uh, a divide happening in some cases between the civilian side and the military side. So although they embrace the uh, veterans and, and those around them, I think they don't clearly understand. And maybe a lot of the veterans that are returning don't understand the civilian side because they've been a little bit desensitized or whatever from coming from a combat situation. So it creates a bit of that divide. And then on the second part, too, I think a lot of veterans don't understand that sense of service and belonging that's still needed so much when they separate from the military and that organizations that they can support, whether it's nonprofit or supporting other veteran owned companies can be huge, you know, and, and not not to mention many of them could make great veteran uh, entrepreneurs and starting their own companies. So uh, I, I think that there's a couple of things that you know, it's great that your company is starting to recognize the veteran-owned companies, but I think we have that that still that bridge and that divide that we've got to try to overcome here between the uh, civilian side and the and the veteran community. Well, and just right. to add on to that, like right. from what Scott and um, Robert had said, and I honestly think, like especially as you know, veterans like ourselves who have been in situations, have talked to other veterans, have been empowered by Gold Star families or um, you know brothers and sisters that we've lost. I really think as this veteran community, it is our job, it's a responsibility of ours that we sometimes forget that we need to not only, you know, keep that camaraderie and that closeness and and um, family within the military, but we need to actually be able to not be afraid because I think that's a big problem is that we have a fear of going out from our norms and we need to go and spread that among the civilian side so that they have a sense of, you know, like you're not crazy PTSD coming out that you're not capable. Like we as veterans and veterans across the board have so much to offer that I think that our fear is what gets us and that we don't want to assimilate to each other. I mean, I'm not saying that veterans need to assimilate to the civilian side and civilians don't need to assimilate to us. Like this culture needs to be blended. And I really think that this, like Scott was saying, like everyone is so, you know, they want instant gratification. They're so in their books. They're so in their own little world. I really think like as a veteran community that we, we hold a responsibility to go out to these communities and show like there is a bigger picture. We just got to figure out how to do that. You know what I mean? Like we have to figure out how to bring the language together so that we can bring this community and open everybody's eyes about it. Well, that's a great point, Kat. And you know, the reality is is exactly that. It's all about education. And, you know, Green Zone Hero recognizes non-veteran companies too. But, you know, I, you all know Bobby Henline? Do you know Bobby Henline's story? Yes, I do. He's a um, burn victim. Burn victim. He was met Bobby a year and a half ago. He's co-owner of Bravo 748, and it's a military speakers consortium. And they allowed me, when they heard my story about my uh, childhood sexual assault, which many men don't talk about, they asked me to join them as a veteran, uh, as a U.S. Army veteran, but a, a sexual assault survivor. You know, when you get screwed at 11 years old, it sucks. Uh, anyhow, so Men don't talk about that, but when I came out, <laughs> when I came out, you would be, you would, it would blow you away, but how many men 
you know, came forward and said, well, I had a similar thing happen to me. So what my point is, is it's all about education and like working with gold stars, you know, it's about education, working with uh, other military personnel. It's about education. Um, I work with a guy named Wade and he does heartstrings for heroes. They do guitars for Purple Heart recipients. Well, a good friend of mine, Jill Stevenson's son, was shot by a sniper in Afghanistan. He survived, made it back to Walter Reed and died on the operating table in D.C. But they took his heart and his heart actually beats in another human today. The name of the book that they wrote is called The Heart of a Ranger. And, you know, it's all these little things that we can do to educate. And you're going to love this, Robert. Let me show you the guitar that I'm going to give her. Hang on, man. This was made by Wade, Heartstrings for Heroes. And it's in memory. It's in memory of her son. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. The heart of a ranger. And and Jill right now is up in Minnesota. But she she doesn't know how to play the guitar, but she's going to learn. But this is what Wade made her. And this supports what you say, Kat. It's education. And it's helping each other. And it's building the network. And we just, you know, it's one boot in front of the other. And like with Scott, what I love about Scott, Scott reminds me of what General Patton says. A good plan violently executed today is better than an excellent plan next week. And so we have to continue to, to find ways to bridge that gap and to educate those about what this country means, but about what we mean to each other. And this brotherhood and this sisterhood, and even though we're a small percentage of the general population, we're huge in skill sets. And if we utilize these skill sets, we can transform and educate how, what people maybe think about this country, but about how we feel about commerce and each other. Uh, I mean, to even think about, to even, you know, God bless Jill. I don't know what it'd be like to lose a son, but that people are out there doing things to help us get through these types of these types of things and what better way than our company to help businesses create more commerce for them because they're doing the right thing by recognizing and honoring our veterans and their families yeah that's that's very amazing that could yeah that guitar is unbelievable you know are you, you're gonna love this robert because you're like the podcast genius you know, like this <laughs> we uh we're, we're going to do one called Angel Brigade Radio. And what we're going to do is you know, to educate about Gold Star, but we're going to interview Gold Star family members, but interview them as if they're the lost one. And so you'll be seeing that come out real soon. In other words, when we interview a mother about her son, it'll be like we're interviewing the son. How did you grow up? What was it like growing up? Tell us about your military. What was it like for people back home? What was your funeral like? Yeah. What happened to you on the day that you were killed? You know, so we're going to, it's going to be called Angel Brigade Radio, and it's going to bleed into Task Force Zen, which is going to be a global platform to help people heal. Can't wait to get with Scott on that one. Yeah, that is uh, that is really amazing. And that guitar, like uh, Kent said, I mean, even a photograph or something like that, if you could shoot me one afterwards, I know somebody, a couple guys that Kat was mentioning, I'd love to share the photo of that guitar and, and a little story about what you are doing there and, and uh, how it was created. I think it would be really amazing. And I don't know if that information is out there on GreenZeroHero.com website, but I think that... Uh, 
that would be really cool as well. So that people might be listening to the podcast and wondering what we're talking about would have the opportunity to go there to your website and actually see the guitar. Yeah, we have, we don't have it on the on there, but one of the things that Scott mentioned was our partnership with Green Beret Foundation, and what we've done is we vetted. You know, nonprofits are constantly. We're a for-profit company. We give companies tools to attract more business. But what we've done with these partnerships is, we're every single member that joins the Green Zone Hero Network has the opportunity to check a box, and the Green Zone Foundation, Green Beret Foundation, is on there. Also, Lone Survivor Foundation and a couple others that we vetted and we work closely with. Any company in America can check a box, and we give a percentage of that enlistment fee in sustainable income because when people re-enlist in our network the following year, we give them money. So we're giving our opportunity to these ambassadors to actually create sustainable income, and they don't have to beg for money every year. Because let's just say we're all on a membership team, and when people come to us and we, we change leadership, we decide we're not going to fund that program well that good program for veterans doesn't get funded so we're giving nonprofits an opportunity to create their own sustainable income there's, and how, there's what 30 million companies in america yeah we get tested. i just want to repeat that right enough yeah. a, a for-profit company is voluntarily giving percentages to not only the greenberry foundation loan survivor foundation and others a sustainable income stream by doing it selfless service, right? I mean, the, people always laugh and say, you know, Scott, did the army define you? You're too military. And I'm like, man, I, I never even wore a uniform unless I was on an objective somewhere in Iraq or something, right? I mean, you know, but the army just instills the core values in you and reminds you of what's important in life. Because when you see death firsthand and you see combat and you come back and you look at your kids and you look at the future and you see what's going on, it gives you that 50,000 foot view of everything. And then, you know, John is, is a former E5 and, and chemical bio guy in the 80s and, and whatever. And this is meant as a compliment. 30 years later, you're building a company still instilling that selfless service and giving to others based upon the, the ingrained values. Not only your dad is a military man, but the, the army instilled in you. And it's just it's damn impressive to see. And if more companies just did this and, and took a moment to actually think about what they could do for others instead of looking internal for what they can do to themselves we would truly have transformational change across the board. So tell us a little bit about how Green Zone Hero actually, you know, supports the veteran community and does this, because we've been dancing all around it, but I think it'd be really helpful to understand if I were uh, a company that wanted to be uh, participate with the Green Zone Hero, what what are the qualifications you're looking for and what is the what is the procedures for actually getting, uh, a, being a part of the Green Zone Hero family? Uh, thank you for asking me that, Robert. I... You know, about two and a half years ago, we were trying to do a an obstacle race course company. We were trying to use volunteer hours to create sponsorship dollars for veteran programs at the local level, and it bombed. You know, I didn't have ten million dollars to 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 have an obstacle race course company. We we built a race course, but but we didn't. But it it didn't pan out. But what we learned in that when we were looking for sponsorships is that American companies already do things for veterans on five different platforms. They either hire veterans, they hire disabled veterans, they're either veteran-owned or managed, they give to veteran initiatives, and they, um, is that five? So anyhow, what we did is we created a metal system, a cyber metal system, and we said, you know, it's always been about the veterans. Well, who's doing things for companies that care about veterans? And the answer is nobody. So as a small business owner for 23 years, I'm like, hey, 
let's recognize these companies. Let's create this network. Let's recognize these companies. Let's give them these cyber medals. And then for a fee, we'll give them the tools that they need to attract more business. We created a best practices manual to attract the veteran marketplace. We've got digital tools now with Strong Eagle Media, Alex Quaid, our good friend, who introduced me to Scott. We're showing movies at the local level to create funding for Gold Star families. Uh, we have digital tools with um, stickers and links and all this stuff. And for $350 a year, a company joins the network, and then we give them the tools, and then they interface with each other. And we have the program with the nonprofits, so we actually put our money where our mouth is. Every single business that joins and checks that box, we send checks to our partners, our nonprofit partners. Um, and, and that's kind of what we do. We're, 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 we're a community of patriotic business owners who are grateful to be in America and who give a damn about veterans, active military, and their families. That's what we are. And you know what? It's the same thing we say on our podcast. We're unapologetically American. We're politically incorrect. And we are forever true blue partners in business. No, it's a it's a great message, and you think about it again. If you go to the greenzonehero.com website, you start seeing all of these different companies that are actually you know supporting you. Like you mentioned, Scott Harley. I mean, these are some big name companies that are actually part of this group. It's it's huge what you've been able to bring there and attract, and um, you know how this thing is taking off. Well, you can go to that little map. All those companies that have joined, and I did not travel to all those states. Those companies have joined us through word of mouth. And then you mentioned Harley Davidson. Oh, my gosh. You know, those guys, they breathe veterans. And in fact, after World War II, as we've all encountered, a lot of veterans, they had trouble assimilating. You know, that's one of the big issues that we talk about. You know how they assimilated? They got big Harley motorcycles and they hung out in motorcycle groups and gangs, if you want to call them. And, and, they, and they talked about what it was like to be in Germany or to fight the Italians. You know, they, they, they bonded over motorcycles. And what we're starting to see is uh, that, you know, they saw our program. Harley said, we want some of that. So they became a big sponsor of ours. And I, I hope we can sell hundreds of thousands of Harley Davidson motorcycles to the newer veterans. You know, let's get back on these choppers or not choppers. You know, I'm, I'm dating myself, but let's get back on these beautiful <laughs> motorcycles and, and, and let's, let's have that camaraderie back again. Um, yeah, it happens all the time. Actually, all around me, there's uh, there's one not too far down the road from where I live, and I, you you go to other states, and I can't. It seems like every corner nowadays, you you bump into a Harley Davidson facility uh, or showroom or something because it is taking off. Just even within the Sabine community, uh, for it's a generational thing as well. You know, where those who always were looking at trying to be, belong to a a team or an organization or just always wanted to drive a Harley and have that free spirit. Now we're getting the opportunity to do that in their later age. And um, so it's kind of bringing the young with the old, the veterans with the civilians. It's doing a lot of that just through a motorcycle. It's, it's, it's beautiful. You know, Jason Johns, a Purple Heart recipient that I know, the third ID guy, uh, I think he did. He, he's so funny. He said, you know, I actually crapped in, in uh, Saddam Hussein's mansion. He, and he laughs about that. But he, uh, he's got a Harley Davidson group of Minnesota and I met him in Canada at the retreat, hundred Canadian veterans, hundred American veterans. And he, he, he has that camaraderie thing going with purple heart recipients on Harley's up in Minnesota. 
And, you know, they're just, there's so much going on. What we want Green Zone Hero to be is, is a nexus where people can go to find out information about what's going on in the veteran community. But so there's just so much we can do, you know, you know, I, I don't want to be copacetic and just think, you know, hey, we're in America now. We can we can just kind of sit back and relax. Hell no. We've got something. We got a, a lot to uphold here. I, I, I climbed the mountains for 15 years. It was as close as I could come to being in the military. Teamwork, camaraderie, being on a rope team, challenging. Nobody else is really doing it. They don't really. But I did it for 15 years. And every time I got back from South America after some grueling three-week hike or whatever, I would literally kiss the ground that we flew into. And most Americans that haven't, and Kat mentioned this, but most Americans who have not been outside the United States, they think the rest of the world lives like us. Well, they don't. And we run the risk of losing what we have if we don't maintain a higher standard. And, and guess what? There's, I'm reading the, you know, the, 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 uh, the Art of Power, Thomas Jefferson. He had the same fears 200 years ago that I and you all have right now. And it doesn't mean that we got to be stymied by fear. Fear should make us rise up to the challenge. We're in a very trying time right now. There are people out there that want to destroy this country. And I'm saying, don't let them do it. Let's let's make ourselves stronger by creating commerce for American companies to make us stronger. As an expert American who lives overseas, I can tell you that I see it daily. Right, the mentality of what America is becoming is almost laughable internationally. You know, we we become, and it really infuriates me because we're so divisive and we're so you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that, and it's just. It's so politically correct internationally, and and we've become this almost laughing stock because of the last ten years and and what we've been doing, and and it's horrific. It's horrific to see, and I live it every day. You know, I mean, um, I see it on the news every day in Australia. I see it you know, talking to people. You know, there's politician X gets a free pass because of issue Y or whatever, while politician Z doesn't get a free pass because he or she is of a different race, gender or whatever. Right. I mean, and it's just, it's that divisive fork in the road mentality. And we're a partner country. It's not like I'm living in Iran. You know, I'm not living in Russia. I live in Australia. And so even in a friendly country, the perception of what America is becoming scares the shit out of me for my kids. My kids are 10 and 14. And the world that they are growing into, cats, kids, I mean, how old are your kids, cat? But the world that our kids are going into, it terrifies me. Yeah, and I hear you loud and clear. And that's why every single cat, Robert, Scott, myself, and all the other people that we associate with that are prior military, and even the, even the spouses that support military are an important part of the puzzle. We, we have skill sets, and Kat mentioned this earlier, we have skill sets that, that give us an edge. But for some reason, so, so the, the culture scape wants us to think we're not there. They want to stereotype combat veterans. They want to stereotype military. Guess what? I remember the lessons I learned in PLDC. You all learned some of the stuff on the battlefield. Are you kidding but me? You, that's a, that's you know a what, man, our we're, cap. We're doing it to ourselves to a degree as well. And, and I got bashed because I saw the Thank You for Your Service movie, and I went on a closed Special Forces Brotherhood site and said I didn't like it. Because it does nothing but perpetuate the myth that, and for the record, here's my here's my caveats, right? 
I know they are all combat veterans. They serve their country. They, I'm not in any way picking at the people or the, the author. I hope he gets a gazillion dollars. I hope that he retires and lives a happy life. You know, I have no ill will towards any of the, the creators of the movie, right? But putting that film in every cinema across the U.S. and making it a blockbuster did the veteran community a massive amount of harm in Scott's opinion. Because it does nothing but perpetuate the myth to civilians, because not everybody lives outside of Fort Bragg or outside of Fort Benning, but the civilians who live in the major metropolitan areas that aren't near a military base, it does nothing but put the negative effects of the negative effects of PTSD out there. And I'm not a PTSD naysayer by any means, but it puts it does nothing but highlight the negative effects of PTSD and the positive and the leadership experience and the mentality and the work ethic. And all the other stuff that people pay thousands of dollars to go to a management course, right, or an MBA, we have all that ingrained. And so we at the Institute are recognizing that and saying the military people at a certain level have attained the mastery needed to do this. So we couple that skill and experience. But we need to quit highlighting the negatives within our own communities to outside of that because we're not doing ourselves any favors. LinkedIn posts saying hire a master sergeant instead of an MBA do nothing but perpetuate this myth of our own egos and our own differences to the civilian markets. But we should be saying this is how a master sergeant is similar to an MBA holder, but yet more mature and probably a hell of a lot more experienced. we're, We're trying to paint ourselves into these roles is we're so different that we're doing damage to the veteran communities inadvertently. So we need to take that higher look and make sure that we're coming together and working as a team cohesively to achieve the goals that we want to achieve. Well, you're butting heads, too. Like you had said, with that film, it's like we're at a point now in society where it is very, like, you can go on Google and or there's so many people in your community that may be uh, in the stereotype of having PTSD or have experienced things like that. I mean, and just like you said, I mean, you put a disclaimer on what you wanted to say before you said it because of what's going on in our country. And it's, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that we as veterans have to do that. But like, like I said before, it's like we're at a point now where there's things like that, like putting the disclaimers, the, vi- the movies that are, you know, being flooded to society about, you know, what we're going through, what's apparent, you know, to some people. But then we have organizations like Green Zone Hero and, and the Institute, Mentors for Military, that we're trying to combat that. Like we're trying, we are actively trying to fix the problem. Like, what is that film? And, the, and I'm on your side here, Scott. What is that film? And I don't want to go on to the film, but is doing for our community. Yes, it's, it's educating society. But one, what are they doing to fix the problem? What are they doing for the other veterans that are doing that are have going through the same situation? I think we're at a point in, in time, especially 2018, that everybody kind of gets what we're doing right now one they you know just because there's there's a ton of films right i know and it's like they're afraid of us it's like no what are we doing effectively to be proactive in society like there and i I mean you talk to other veterans like i've never heard of like green zone hero or the institute or mentors for military like i don't i don't get it and it's like once people like veterans even and civilians too get pushed into this network then they start to understand it's like okay a b and c is happening because i saw this film now, I don't think this crazy person is going to come work for me. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, or there's this epidemic of people that are, you know, wanting to kill themselves or kill their families. It's like, it's all about education. And we really, like, as a veteran community as well, we need to stop knocking heads. Like, we need to work together on this whole thing and realize what we do does have an impact on, like, 
our own generation as well as future generations. Yeah, that's well said. Do you have you ever read the book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind? No, but I'm writing that down. <laughs> There's a second chapter. It's called. I think it's the second chapter. It's called the Culture Scape. And what Cat said, what Scott said, and I know Robert's right in the same boat with this, is the culture scape wants us to act and feel a certain way. And so like when somebody that was ex prior military does something crazy, that media plays it up. That's the culture we live in. And I got news, and you all know this, the veterans that I'm interviewing on Straight Out of Combat, they're normal people just like you and me, you know? You like fishing in Kentucky. She like, you know, uh, going with her dad roller skating. You know, these are normal human beings that wanted to serve their country. And the timing was they experienced combat. And they're not what the media wants them to believe. But that second chapter, Kat, and this is uh, supporting what you say, and Scott, too. The second chapter is we don't have to live inside that culture scape. We can bounce off the walls. We can be and not crazy. Don't you know, don't take this in the wrong way. We can be the leaders with these important skill sets to continue on with a challenging mission that we will eventually win, but to continue to educate. It's all about education. And yeah. what you're doing, Robert, and what Scott's doing over in Australia and what we're about ready to do with our friends in the UK and what you're doing, Kat, to continue it's what we gotta do. It's what we got to do. We got to rise. We got to change up. the narrative. Yeah. Well, and veterans, yes. veterans need to understand, like, even though once they're out of the service, like, that doesn't mean that it's over. And I think that's where, the, you know, assimilating and transitioning to the civilian side, it's like, hey, guy, like, you're not, like, what you have now is so, you can offer so much to the civilian side. You just need to know how to, to put it where it needs to be placed and not give up on yourself. On your oath of enlistment, by the way. Absolutely. We could probably go on and on talking about Green Zone here on the types of things that you're doing and how you're helping the veteran community and trying to tie all that together and, of course, change the narrative as we're just talking about. So outside of going to GreenZoneHero.com, what are some of the other ways that listeners can find out more about the program and get involved? You know, visit the website, you know, GreenZoneHero.com. You know, you can... There's a phone number there. There's an email address. I'm really good about getting back to people. Uh, we just hired on a company called Doc29. They're going to be working on some content. Uh, Scott knows Leanne. We're getting ready to go with this international uh, press release next week. And then Heroes Media Group. And I tell you, we're so excited about the strategic partnership across not only the Pacific with Scott's organization, but across the Atlantic with Scott Johnson's organization, veteran-owned UK, uh, and do the things that we can help. They're, they're 10 or 12 years behind, as Scott knows that, and with veteran affairs. But you can also go to Heroes Media Group, and uh, you can click on to our podcast, uh, Straight Out of Combat Radio. I have a holding page right now for Task Force Zen. We haven't launched that yet, but that'll man, be. I a can't cool. wait for that, by the way. Yeah, uh, Scott, we're gonna. It's gonna be killer, man. We're gonna we're gonna create a global network that will transform the way people that are dealing with traumas are handled, without labels, and then. You know, Angel Brigade Radio is going to help educate about Gold Star families and, and hopefully in that journey, as Bobby Hen Henline so eloquently puts it, three of his angel buddies were killed that day. And all of these 
um, people that are killed in combat to Bobby Handle, I know to many others are, are angels. And we're, so we're calling it angel brigade and the angels are the lost loved ones. And they're not lost. They're always with us in our hearts, but our hope is to help therapize the people who we interview, but to also educate about gold stars. It drives me nuts when, you know, the aide to a politician gives a gold star mother, a high five. Congratulations. You're a gold star mom. And I'm thinking, are you freaking kidding me? So let's change that. Like you said, Robert, let's change the narrative. Let's let's be strong. We are strong. And was that commercial army strong? You know, that wasn't the reason I joined the army. My dad, you know, basically had a lot to do with it. But but there's so much left to do, and we can become overwhelmed. But what we need to think about is doing it one boot at a time, one boot in front of the other, one veteran at a time, one story at a time, one podcast at a time. One new introduction at a time, I cat strategic alliances with with companies and and visionary leaders like Scott Kinder and people that are true spirits like Alex Quaid, who put herself in harm's way to tell the stories of our special operations soldiers, she, men yeah, and women. You have her on the show. Uh, you, you, Alex Quaid is is the truest of the true. Her heart is in the right place, and you know for a long time, you know as a you know, dealing with my own PTS. I didn't know what you call it. You know, when you get this kind of, we don't want to go there, but when you get, when you get raped at 11 years old, you go, you, it, it messes you up and you go into a, a shell and, and sometimes life doesn't seem real because trust has been shattered. So, but I always got back up. And that's one thing that my dad taught me, get back up. You're a fighter. You're going to be okay. He died, went to his grave. He never knew what happened to me. And, it, it took an automobile accident that was alcohol related in a, in a brain injury to, to bring all that it bubbled up. I was in a, in a near divorce two years ago and I uh, relied heavily on spiritual side and won my wife back. And uh, now I'm, I'm meeting people like Scott Kinder. It's been my dream to meet war, real warriors and, and, and to work on a mission that uh, that is what I'm going to do. I'm almost 60 the rest of my life, God willing. And people like Kat and Robert giving me the platform to uh, to tell a story. I love you guys and gals, I really do. And I, and it's not the creepy kind of love. It's it's it's, it's really it's real. And, and I'm worried there for a second. It's you and Otis McGregor, man. You guys are driving me nuts. But, it's one of the great things about, like you mentioned, about just the veteran community, that once you meet a veteran or you find out an individual is a veteran, there's always that special bond that's there. You almost know that you um, have a connection and there's a conversation that you can have about a topic that you guys can connect on. Not very many people can do that. And there's, uh, you know, that you can meet people who went to the same university or may have maybe have gone or lived in the same town or something like that, that you'll have some kind of connection with. But the kind of bond that we're talking about uh, for those who have listened uh, or are listening that are veterans, you know what we're talking about. It's it's definitely special. Programs like yours are great ways to connect us, great ways to connect the civilian community to us, great ways for the veteran community to get connected to the civilian community. Appreciate you coming on, John, and telling your story and uh, especially uh, everything that you've shared about how you're trying to build the future and make things better, uh, make America better. Uh, appreciate all of that and uh, keep driving on brother anything we can do to help you we're here 
Well, I got a quick story. I, th- I appreciate that, Robert. And this is a challenge for any one of you all this year. You all know the story of Extortion 17 and the 31 heroes that were shot down, the worst tragedy of special operations soldiers in the history of the U.S. military and in service dogs. So two years ago, Scott Bill, whose son was on that mission, who was killed, Brian Bill, invited me to do the 31-mile hike up in uh, Washington, D.C. Now, I didn't train for it. I went up there, didn't know what to expect, and uh, wasn't sure if I was going to make it. But basically, it starts out at 8 o'clock at the Lincoln Memorial. You end up at Arlington Cemetery, all those ivory uh, gravestones. But every hour, you read one of the biographies of one of the lost warriors. And after 13 hours of a grueling 31-mile road march, you, you hike into Arlington Cemetery in the morning, and there's always some Navy SEALs hanging out, and you, you march past all these gravestones. Two of my brothers, uh, two of my dad's brothers who were shot down in Germany are buried there. Uh, but Navy SEAL Commander was there the morning I did my first one. I did it again this year. I'd love to see you all there this August. It's called the 31 Miles for 31 Heroes. I would love to hike with you guys and gals. And he said, you know, Every single gravestone, there's 16 of them buried there in Arlington. And this commander, Navy commander, said, I knew every one of them. He said, and you know what? To watch you civilians hike 31 miles, which is not easy to do, makes me realize that the death of these Navy and Army service people, that it was not in vain. Because if people like you will take time out of their days and nights to hike 31 miles to remember the people that I know that are buried at Arlington Cemetery. So I'm going to go back every year as long as I can stand, and I'm going to hike 31 miles for those lost warriors because that's what we do. Never forget. It's the greatest country in the world because of people like that. And God bless Scott Bill. I wish I could bring his son back. And all those mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers, I wish I could bring him back. The only thing I can do is hike 31 miles every year to remember them. Never forget where we come from and what we do. And I again, thank you for the opportunity to be here. I'm looking forward to our, our year, Scott, and I'm looking forward to seeing all three of you at Arlington Cemetery on August 6th to commemorate Extortion 17. We'd love to see you all there. If I'm not there, I'll be hiking 31 miles in Australia. So I'll do it. Let's do it, Scott. I mean, tell us, <laughs> do it, man. It hurts. You know it hurts. You get to mile 21, it's like, holy crap, I could be at Club Med. But you know what? Every hour you read a biography, every mile or every hour you read a biography of a real person who was killed in combat. That that Chinook helicopter took an RPG in the main rotor. It was hitting six Gs when it hit the ground. It extracted some of the people, but everybody was killed on that mission. And I, I, we can't forget that. And the many others you know, throughout the decades of American history who have paid the ultimate price. We have a mission to continue on with. So God bless Sorry, you Sorry, Robert, T- 10 seconds. We, we lost an SF guy New Year's Eve in Afghanistan in combat operations. I mean, you know, just because combat ops aren't in the news every day, there's still people, men and women both, in service animals out in, in, in harm's way. So, and John, you say never forget, like truly never forget. You know, I mean, this is this is important for us to recall. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L. And please subscribe to our podcast. It's free and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. 
We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio. Hey everyone, Robert here. I love supporting veteran-owned companies, and Mentors for Military recently partnered with Skeleton Optics to offer a 10% discount to our listeners. That's right, 10%. These aren't your regular run-of-the-mill sunglasses, by the way. The frames are handcrafted in Italy with Zeiss Vision lenses. Use the code mentors for mil or mentors the number 4 mil at SkeletonOptics.com, and you'll receive your 10% discount automatically at checkout. Hurry up and get on over there to support a veteran-owned company.